Uh, for those gathered here today and for those that are with us online today, it's good to be here with you. Um, I am Pastor Dustin. This is Larry Elias. Uh, many of you know Larry. Larry has served as chair of our congregation through the lay leadership board for I don't know how many years, a few years, quite a few years. Quite a few years. Uh, and now here recently is helping to serve in a new way. Uh, helping really come alongside of our ministries here at Messiah and to breathe life back into our small group ministry, which we're going to be calling Life Groups here in the new year. And there's going to be more to come on that. But the reason for that is because of what we're talking about here today. And as Pastor John mentioned, uh, Larry and I are really teaming up on the message today. And it's around what our new series is in this new year, Matters of the Heart talking about things that matter to God and, as a result, should matter to us, too. Last week, does anybody remember? Eternity. Eternity matters to God. And part of eternity mattering to God is to be in relationship, relationship with Him. And with that, God also wants us to be in relationship with one another. And so one of the things that we see throughout God's Word is that relationships matter. Relationships matter to God, and they should matter to you and me. Would you join me as we go to God in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be together. For those gathered here and for those joining online today, to know that you promised to be with us. And we know, we can see it from the very beginning, your plan was that we be in relationship, relationship with you and relationship with one another. And so today, through your word, teach us more of what this looks like. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, one of the things that we can see is that we are created from the very beginning to be in community with God. That is to be in relationship with him. That's why we are made. God said, I wanted my creation to live with me. Now, we know that sin disrupts that. And so God has been at work bringing us back into relationship with him. But it's important that we understand that this was his plan from the very beginning. And not just to live in relationship with him, but to live in relationships with one another. I appreciate this quote from Rick Warren in the book, The Purpose Driven Life. He says, the Bible knows nothing of solitary saints or spiritual hermits isolated from other believers and deprived of fellowship. The Bible says that we are put together, joined together, built together, members together, heirs together, fitted together, held together, and even one day will be caught up together, meaning you're not on your own anymore. And that's good news. Now, did you notice what's the word that's repeated again and again and again? Together. We are made to live life together, together with God and together with one another. And we are called together to follow Jesus. And one of the things that it means following Jesus, it is about believing. For God so loved the world, he gave his son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have life. Life eternal. Eternity matters to God. But we also know 
with eternity mattering to God, he wants that eternity to be spent with us and with others, to be in relationship. And that starts here and now. And so our reading for today touches on how important it is to live together, to be together. If you have your Bibles, look with me again. Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of Christ rule where? In your hearts, right? The matters of the heart, the things that matter to God. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. One body, the body of Christ, at which we all have a part in. Now, that reading comes from the ESV, the English Standard Version, but I also want to share with you from the CSV, the Contemporary English Version, which translates verse 15 of Colossians 3 this way. It says, each one of you is part of the body of Christ, and you were chosen to what? To live together in peace. That's the heart of the matter. God made us not to live apart, but to live together in peace. And so we see from the very beginning, relationships matter to God. They should matter to us too. But Larry, one of the other realities that we know is that relationships on this side of heaven, it's not always easy. No. No, relationships can be hard. They can be messy. And we know that from firsthand experience. And because of our struggles with relationship, we experience pain and brokenness in our lives. And it's a natural result of sin. We've had difficulties in relationships since the very beginning, after creation. Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve blamed each other for the fall. Uh, their sons, Cain and Abel. Cain killed his brother Abel. And then we look throughout the rest of the Bible, and what do we see time after time after time? Broken relationships, pain in relationships, stories about problems with relationships, and we experience it in our lives too. The relationship that I have with my best friend from growing up is a strained relationship, and I don't even know why, quite frankly. But my best friend growing up, I was in his wedding, he was in my wedding, and over the, we, we don't live near each other anymore, and, but over the years, um, he, he has ignored my request to communicate with him, um, my messages that I've sent to him, and I don't even really know what that's about, and I was been, I've talked to my wife about it, and she said, that really bothers you, doesn't it? And I said, well, it kind of does, you know, he was my best friend growing up, and that's just the way it is. We all have challenges with relationships in our lives, and I'm working on that relationship, by the way. But as a result of these difficulties in relationships, we often avoid getting into real relationships. So what we do is we replace real relationships with kind of superficial ones. We get to know somebody only well enough to talk about the weather or sports or something like that, but we, we avoid real relationship because we don't want the pain. Uh, we downplay the importance of relationships, or maybe what we do is we limit the number of relationships that we're in. Um, we, we kind of think of ourselves, well, I can be tough, I can be strong and independent, I don't need relationships, but that's not the way God's created us. 
or we tell ourselves that we don't have time for relationships. And there's plenty of stuff going on that makes it easy for us to rationalize that between our job and our families and activities and all those kinds of things. We can avoid relationships because we think we're too busy. Or we uh, tell us that we, we don't want the drama. I don't need the drama. I got my own problems. I don't need everybody else's problems to deal with too. But Jesus came to bring us back into relationship with God and with each other. And I like John 1.14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus didn't have to come. He was the creator. But he became a child and he lived on this earth and he dealt with the challenges that we deal with and he even died for us to bring us back into relationship. He lived a life of difficulty and ultimately paid with his life to take away our sin so, he could, so we could come into relationship with God for eternity. And last week in your message, you talked about eternity and, you know, eternity matters. That was the subject. And um, you, you used a quote that I really like, eternal life is not merely life defined with a quantity of existence that lasts forever, but also by quality of relationship, knowing God and Jesus. When we think about eternal life, it's not just living forever, but it's the quality of our life and being in relationship. And then you use this example of the dot and the line. And Pastor John, you've used this before too. You used it with a rope. And if you think of the rope or the line as going on forever, that's eternity. And that dot, that's our life. It's just that one little thing in eternity. And, and so we want to understand that our life is not just to be lived for the dot. We want to live our lives with eternity in mind. And that means relationships. Relationships with God and relationships with others. So what does that look like? What does it look like? And who are the others when we talk about others? Living for eternity means having a heart for others. Who are the others? Well, others includes fellow Christians, and it also includes non-believers. And my favorite picture of this is from Acts chapter 2. Now, Acts chapter 2 is one of the most exciting chapters in the Bible. It's, I'm going to lose my mic here. Acts chapter 2 is 50 days after Jesus ascended into heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit to, to the disciples. And some amazing things happened in Acts chapter 2. I like what Acts chapter 2, what Luke writes about at the end of the chapter. He describes what's going on in the community of believers. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came up upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So what we see here is we see the Christian community living together 
worshiping together, having fellowship, eating meals together, praying together, meeting each other's needs. And while they were doing that, the others who weren't Christians saw what was going on. And it says that they had favor with all the people and more and more came to that by who were being saved. So the, the way the Christians lived, the relationships they had with each other was impacting the world around them and it was bringing more people to know Jesus as their Savior. And that's our mission at Messiah, to love God, to love others, and share Christ. And God has placed us among others, or he's placed others around us who need to know Jesus. And so when we think of these others, who are they? Well, some of them might be people that we would call our neighbors, maybe people that live around us or work around us that don't know, know Jesus. And what does the Bible say about our neighbors? It, it says, love, love your neighbor. And I have to admit that sometimes loving my neighbor, for me, is more like just not hating them. Because I, feel, you know, I might be ambivalent. I don't hate my neighbor. Do you love your neighbor? Oh, yeah, I love my neighbor. I don't, might not even know my neighbor's name. Is that loving them? It might be more ambivalence, I'm afraid to say. And then some people are not just our neighbors. We what might classify them as our enemies. The Bible tells us to love our enemies too, right? And by enemy, I mean somebody who doesn't know God and maybe they live in opposition to him. Or maybe it's somebody that's hurt me in some way. Or somebody that doesn't agree with what I believe. I think of them as an enemy. Well, it might not... But the fact is, we need, to, we need to live in forgiveness. We need to understand the importance of forgiveness. And it might not seem easy to be in relationship with these others, but God wants us to be in relationship with them. And forgiveness is where we should start. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait till we got our act together or even until we asked for forgiveness. He died for us while we were yet sinners. We just prayed the Lord's Prayer. In the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, we are telling God, we're asking God to forgive us according to the way we forgive others. We want him to hold us to the same standard that we hold others. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's hard. That's not easy to do. We're to forgive others even if they don't ask for it. And when we forgive, even though that's hard to do, we're showing that we trust that God is in control. We don't need to hold a grudge. We can forgive. We'll let God be the judge. When we look at our passage today, uh, verses 12 to 14 of the Colossians passage, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if, and if, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I have to admit, for me, it's easier to judge others 
and maybe condemn them at worst or maybe at best just avoid them. And it may, it's easy for us as Christians to prefer the comfort of surrounding ourselves with people like us as opposed to being willing to be in relationship with people that aren't like us. I like this quote from uh, Dr. or excuse me, from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran theologian in Germany in the 20th century, and he died for his faith. He was uh, opposed to the Nazis, and he was put into a prison camp, and he was killed in early 1945 before the end of the war. And he talked a lot about Christian community. And in this quote, he actually quotes Luther. In talking about Christian community, he said, Jesus Christ lived in the midst of his enemies. At the end, all his disciples deserted him. On the cross, he was utterly alone, surrounded by evildoers and mockers. For this cause he had come, to bring peace to the enemies of God. So the Christian, too, belongs not in the seclusion of a cloistered life, but in the thick of foes. There is his commission, his work. And then his quote of Luther. The kingdom is to be in the midst of your enemies, and he who will not suffer this does not want to be in the kingdom of Christ. He wants to be among friends, to sit among roses and lilies, not with the bad people, but the devout people. O oh, you blasphemers and betrayers of Christ, if Christ had done what you are doing, who would ever have been spared? That's not easy. How can we do this? Well, our relationships can be different through Christ. We can live among those people and we can witness to them because Christ gives us a new heart. And so the question is, are we willing? Are we willing to let him change our hearts? Are we willing to invest time and effort around people that need to hear about Jesus? And we will get burned. We will get hurt. Jesus tells us they opposed me, they persecuted me, they will do the same to you. We can't come to expect life to be what we want it to be all the time. And in America, we're blessed that it's usually more good than bad. But as followers of Jesus, there's no guarantee when we're his disciples. The guarantee that we have is in eternal life. And so we can't force relationships, but we can start relationships. Jesus has a mission to redeem the world. And as his disciples, that's our mission too. We get to join Jesus on his mission. We're not doing things for him, but with him. We just celebrated Christmas, and uh, maybe it feels a little bit more like Christmas. If you base Christmas on the snow and the cold, today definitely feels like Christmas. Uh, but we just celebrated Christmas. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. I want you to pay attention to the word that is between God and us, because that word is important, that word with. We are made to be in relationship with God. We are made to be in relationship with others. And as Larry has already touched on, relationships are hard, relationships are difficult, relationships are messy. In reality, you cannot live in relationship with others without seeing their true hearts being revealed. And sometimes that makes relationships very difficult. 
But other times when, when Christ is at work in us and through us. Again, that passage from Colossians, put on, then clothe yourselves. Who's the one that's clothing us? Jesus is. He's the one who is making it possible for us to live in relationship with God and others. You see on the cross, Jesus reveals his true heart. It is one of love. That love that binds everything, connects everything together. It's his love that brings us back into relationship with God and relationship with others. And I don't know if you were paying attention in our reading today, but we have there, again, the one another. I'm not sure if you know this, you've maybe heard this before, but there are uh, over 50 times in the New Testament alone phrases such as one another or each other. We are commanded to love each other, pray for each other, encourage each other, admonish each other, greet each other, serve each other, teach each other, accept each other, honor each other, bear each other's burdens, forgive each other, submit to each other, be devoted to each other. I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to go through all 50. And many, many more. In all of these, we see that we are made to live in community, relationship with God and others. And so as we bring this to a close, Larry, uh, can you just speak to what does this look like? Right. Well, the question I ask myself, what am I going to do? Who am I going to be? And maybe you're asking those questions too. It's good to belong to a church. It's good to come to worship. But hopefully we want to join Jesus on his mission. And that's what a disciple does. A disciple does what the teacher does. And as Lutherans, we know how we're saved. We've all heard Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not on your own doing. This is a gift of God not as a result of work, so that no one can boast. We know that we're saved by faith. Jesus' death and his resurrection, we're saved because we believe that, because of faith. But let's not forget the why of why we were, of, of our saving. Why were we saved? That's verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We don't want to miss the Ephesians 2.10 moments in our life. God has prepared things for us. Jesus is on a mission. He's doing the work. Too often we see things that happen during our daytime as interruptions to what we want to do, and that's the work that God has created long ago. That's that opportunity for us to have communication, relationship, friendship with people around us. It's not an interruption to our dot. We need to spend time with people, listen to them, be curious, care about them. And a time will come either for you or maybe for someone else to share your faith. And a great way for us to start joining Jesus on his mission is life groups. You've heard us talk about life groups. Well, we'd, all, we'd, we'd like all of our Messiah members, all of our family of Messiah in this new year to prayerfully consider becoming part of a life group, being in a life group. We have small groups at Messiah, and we have for many years. We still have many small groups that are meeting. And why do we have small groups, or why do we have life groups? It's because in a congregation this size, you can't be in a deep relationship with everyone. You can't get to know everyone. 
I hear people that haven't been around here very long say that, well, that's a big congregation. It takes time to get to know people. Well, I've got news for you. I've been here 30 years, and there are a lot of people that I don't know that well because of our size. And so when we're in a life group, we can get to know people in a, in a way that we can come alongside them. We can do life together with them, support one another. Part of our life group vision is that as members, we want to be in relationship with each other, studying God's Word together, uh, and allowing the Holy Spirit to equip us, to encourage each other, and challenge each other uh, to apply our faith in everyday life. And that's, that's what life groups are, and that's what we want them to be. There is power and significance in real relationships. And that's what God created us for, and it's better than going it alone. Relationships impact the quality of our lives. They matter to God. They should matter to us too. Amen? Amen. So that's what we want to leave with each of us today. Uh, as we continue through this series, each week we'll be looking at more of the things that matter to God that should matter to us too. We've already established eternity matters to God. And because of that, he wants to live in relationship with us. But not just then, also here and now. And we're meant to live in relationship with each other. And Jesus is the one that makes that possible.